Hello, and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where health affairs editors go beyond the headlines to explore some of the most notable health policy news of the week. I'm Kathleen Haddad. And I'm Ellen Bayer. Today, we want to talk about funded mental health initiatives, including those focused on suicide prevention. But first, it's worth mentioning some big breaking healthcare news. Amazon said it plans to buy One Medical, the vast national network of primary care centers. If you're interested in healthcare consolidation, check out our Health Affairs Pathways podcast. The first episode is about consolidation, and we invite you to listen. So turning to today's topic, Ellen, just a few days ago, the new federal 988 crisis hotline officially launched. What is this hotline and what's different about it? Well, Kathleen, it's officially called the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. And what's notable about it are two things. One is there are lots of toll-free hotlines out there for all kinds of things. But what's different about this one is the simplicity of it. Just, you know, three digits, 988, that make it easy to remember and access, like 911. In fact, it's been referred to as the 911 for mental health emergencies. And second, the scope is broader than it was under a previous iteration, which focused on suicide prevention only. And so the mission of 988 is to address mental health crises broadly, as well as prevent suicides. So Ellen, how does this lifeline work and how did it come to be? So the lifeline is made up of about 200 crisis centers around the country that are supported with funding from the states and the federal government through the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA. And even though there's been a lot of news buzz, it's not entirely new. In fact, it's really been quite a long time in the making. Back in 2001, SAMHSA uh, awarded funding for a national network of accredited crisis centers that people could access through a toll-free national number. And in 2005, the program was named the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and it was given the number 800-273-TALK. And so then fast forward to October 2020, when the National Suicide Hotline Designation Act was signed into law, and that was a law that established the new 988 number and expanded the lifeline's mission, like I said, to focus on mental health crises as well as suicide prevention. And the law also required that lifeline counselors have specialized training to make sure they could serve populations that were identified as high risk for suicide. And these include LBGTQ youth and people living in rural areas and racial and ethnic minorities. And all telecommunications companies were required to make the 988 service available by July 16th of this year, which is the date that it launched. So with easier access through this three-digit number and all the news about it, it seems like there could be a huge surge in demand, and that could be challenging to meet, right, Ellen? Absolutely, and there's definitely been concern about capacity issues over the years uh, because Lifeline was really underfunded for a long time, and there was concern about waiting times for responses and calls being abandoned and just not enough staffing. So the law gave states the option of raising money for 988 the same way that they do for 911 with a monthly charge on phone bills. But only a few states have authorized this kind of charge. And other states have used grants or general funds or have enacted other legislation. But there's still some concern about whether there'll be enough state funding. So 
to meet the the anticipated surge uh, in demand with the 988 rollout, the Biden administration has substantially increased federal funding uh, to scale up more crisis centers and provide backup capacity and provides other services um, as needed. So as the rollout is continuing, it's definitely going to be important to keep an eye on those um, funding and capacity issues. So this uh, new lifeline, it couldn't come at a more important time. Given uh, the declining profile of mental health in our country, both teens and adults in recent years, uh, recent decades, have seen dramatic increases in mental illness. The decline began in the mid-2000s for teens and a little later, about 2012, for adults. Health Affairs Forefront posted a piece uh, just a month ago documenting that half of women and a third of men reported worsening mental health since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, with about a fifth of people saying the pandemic has had a major impact um, on them. Um, so the ex- pandemic has essentially exacerbated an already um, uh, poor profile of mental health in this country. Um, drug overdoses increased during the pandemic. For the first time ever, drug overdoses reached 100,000 annually during the pandemic. Um, the Surgeon General issued a report last spring calling for drastic public health efforts to s- essentially save young people from um, mental illness because the situation for our youth became has become so dire. Um, and for uh, people, women with children, minority populations, the unemployed and essential workers, uh, maintaining mental health was even more difficult for them during this time. So with such an enormous challenge, it's going to take an all-out effort on many fronts, not just 988, to make real progress in this area, right, Kathleen? Right, Ellen. The 988 number is important. Perhaps just as important is the recently enacted gun control bill that um, I think is sort of a conflation of gun control and mental health investment Um, Congress has avoided gun control like the plague for decades. So, Ellen, I think you know a little about how this actually came to pass. Right. So after so many years of inaction at the federal level on gun legislation, this bill came together pretty quickly after the horrific mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And it was drafted by a bipartisan group of senators. And the mental health provisions reflected a strong belief by Republicans that any gun reform effort should address mental health. And Senator Chris Murphy is a Democrat from Connecticut who's been a national leader on gun control for many years and was a key negotiator on this deal, emphasized that the problem of gun violence cannot be solved only through mental health programs. Um, and the research clearly shows that problem of gun violence isn't an issue that simp- that just can be attributed to mental illness. In fact, only a small percentage of um, acts of violence are, are committed by people with serious mental illness. And people living with mental illness are more likely than members of the general public to be victims of violence. So Kathleen, I know you followed this gun legislation closely. Can you say a little bit about some of the mental health provisions? Yes, Ellen. To start with, the 988 Lifeline has uh, gotten $150 million funding from the, the this bill. The uh, uh, Overall, the bill provides $11 billion in funding for mental health programs, a largesse that mental health advocates will take, even as they contest the linkage between mental illness and gun violence. 
The largest chunk, $9 billion, will go to a fledgling initiative called Certified Behavioral Health Clinics. These clinics are sort of like the uh, federally qualified health centers, which is the national network of primary care networks that serves low-income people. But these uh, new centers are dedicated to mental health and substance use services. Right now, there are just a few across 10 states, but the goal is to spread them with this funding to every state. These um, centers are important. They'll include outpatient care for mental health and substance use, diagnoses and care coordination, and importantly, 24-7 emergency care so that people can be taken, people in crisis can be taken to a place where there's mental health expertise rather than the emergency room. Um, There are a number of other uh, areas that are funded, training primary care clinicians to provide mental health services directly to young people. Um, In fact, most um, people try to get mental health services from their primary care physicians more than um, uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, and other expert clinicians. And um, the research shows that treatment isn't as good. Um, So this will help, um, especially those pediatricians in many areas that just can't find referrals for kids who have mental health issues. Um, that will expand telehealth among um, these providers and uh, will do a lot to get um, mental health services into schools, more of them, and funded and to fund more of them, particularly through Medicaid. So clearly there's a lot going on and certainly a lot more that, that needs to be done. Um, the Biden administration has, has made mental health a top priority And the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services is working on a variety of efforts to improve mental health care. And we recently published um, a Forefront article, uh, actually in May, by several CMS authors who talked about the the different things that the agency is doing. It's called Strengthening Behavioral Health Care to Meet the Needs of Our Nation. And we'll put a link for that in the show notes. And I also wanted to point out a commentary uh, that we published in the January 2021 issue of the Health Fairs Journal in conjunction with the National Academy of Medicine's Vital Directions for Health and Healthcare Priorities for 2021. And it talks about a number of policy goals and recommendations to improve mental health care and addiction care. And it's by Margarita Alegria and co-authors. And you can check that out uh, in the show notes as well. Ellen, I think... Um these are important efforts, and I think some of them uh, got a ride on the policy vehicle in the uh, recent gun control bill, and hopefully there's more to come. But it sounds like that's a good place to wrap up for today. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review, and if you like this episode, please tell a friend and subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen.